This podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. If you believe God is the owner, then that makes you a steward. As a steward of God's resources, shouldn't you consider aligning his assets with his principles by investing in companies that bless mankind instead of causing harm? Well, our trusted partner, One Ascent Investments, calls this values-based investing. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. Whether you are saving for retirement, putting the kids through college, or transitioning into the next phase of life, Christian investors have the opportunity to direct their investment capital into companies who are positively impacting the world. One Ascent can help you do this through its comprehensive suite of values-aligned investment solutions. To learn more about making a positive impact on the world through your portfolio, please visit investments.oneascent.com or speak with your financial advisor about One Ascent Investments today. Proverbs 31.16 provides a model for investing. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. I am Rob West. That, of course, is a reference to the excellent wife. With great intention, she chooses an investment that benefits her and others. Today, I'll talk with Cole Pearson about how we can all be excellent investors. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, today we're excited about welcoming Cole Pearson for the first time. Cole is president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent, which is actually a family of companies that fill an important space in values-based investing. Cole, it's a great privilege to have you on the program today. Thank you, Rob. It's my honor and privilege to be with you. Cole, I'm uh, interested in the name One Ascent, uh, which is actually written out as one word. I'd love for you to give us just a sense of what the meaning of the word is. Great question. It is unique. Uh, but the name One Ascent comes from John chapter 3, actually, uh, verses 13 through 15, where a passage that were really important to our leadership team uh, over the years. And when Jesus is encountering Nicodemus, uh, he says that no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended, hmm. the Son of Man. And so Uh, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So with all that we do at One Ascent, we want to be lifting up the Son of Man, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I like that. Well, obviously, the organization was built on Scripture. I'd love to know, is there a particular passage that really motivates you as you try to fulfill your mission there at One Ascent to provide values-based investment opportunities? Sure. Uh, There's there's several, but one that I'll point out here would be uh, maybe Ephesians 2.10. Uh, that's certainly one of those kind of cornerstone passages for us, uh, where it talks about we are God's workmanship, and you know, created in in Christ Jesus for good works, which He has prepared beforehand that we should walk. And so you mentioned one ascent being a family of companies. Really, what we're trying to do is help uh, everyone, whether they be an investor or an advisor, find that two ten calling on their life and walk into it uh, and integrate financial wisdom uh, into that as well. So Ephesians two ten would be one that I'd point to. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, let's apply that to investing. I think in many ways, investing perhaps has become divorced from its true purpose. That is to supply capital to great businesses, making a meaningful impact in the world. Would you agree with that? 
I would, and we use this terminology a lot. And what what's gotten lost is that investing is ultimately about ownership. Yeah. You know, when you think about modern investing today, uh, we have these publicly traded companies, which are very large. And so it can be hard to really know what all that company is involved in or doing. And uh, we use mutual funds and ETFs and investment products that themselves are are kind of like a black box. And so just the structure of our industry has sort of been part of that disconnect. Uh, and so if we're trying to find great businesses, supplying capital to those businesses, uh, that's gotten harder and harder to do. Mm. Yeah, well, it's uh, exciting to see what's happening in this space as the whole area of faith-based investing is really growing and maturing to the place where believers now have real options if they want to align their values with their investments. Uh, you mentioned a moment ago that One Ascend is actually four different companies, and we've got just a minute till our first break. Perhaps you can begin by sharing uh, just a few of those. That's right. One Ascend is a family of companies. Uh, that all do different things, but in the areas of aligning faith and, and finance. So One Ascent Wealth uh, actually serves the end client, whether that be an individual, a, a family, a business owner. Um, we believe that we all have a deep desire to not only to live well, but to finish well. And so our advisors help those families, those clients integrate their planning, investments, giving, legacy, uh, those things to that end. But we also have a part of One Ascent that's for the advisor. Uh, there are a number of advisors out there who want to uh, partner or, or be a part of a, a group who's doing that, who's allowing them the freedom and the solutions to integrate what God is calling them to as they serve their clients. So One Ascent Wealth serves the client. One Ascent Financial actually serves the advisor. And the last two companies at One Ascent are actually where I personally spend most of my time. These businesses are uh, strictly asset manager, money manager. Uh, where we build out comprehensive values-based solutions to help investors live aligned with what they value most, uh, whether that's in the public markets, through One Ascent Investments, or One Ascent Capital in the private markets. Well, a lot to cover today as we talk about investing in a way that aligns with your values. What makes up a good investment? And can you avoid companies that are misaligned? How do you do that? Well, we'll talk about that and much more with Cole Pearson today. He's president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent, an underwriter of this program. We're going to take a quick break. Back with much more after this. Stick around. Forty-five thousand. That's how many times MoneyWise referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor, or CKA, last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Find a CKA button on the homepage. When it comes to investing guidance, you want advice grounded in God's Word. That's the approach offered by Sound Mind Investing. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians acquire investing wisdom and confidence. Regardless of your investing experience or how much you have to invest, you can learn to be a wise and faithful steward in the area of investing. A short video webinar on profit and peace of mind is available now at soundmindinvesting.org. Great to have you with us today on MoneyWise. 
I'm Rob West. Joining me today, Cole Pearson, president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent and underwriter of this program. One Ascent is a family of companies that fill an important space in values-based investing. Cole, just before the break, we were talking about the true purpose of investing to supply capital to great businesses making a meaningful impact in the world. In some cases, though, investors want to actually eliminate companies that are misaligned with their values from their portfolios. I know you and your team have some technology that helps you do that. This is a fascinating new area in investing that's now possible. And I'd love for you just to help our listeners understand how that works. Sure. You know, when we think about eliminating companies, what we're really trying to say is, how do we get those out of the way so that we can invest in in the things that we do align with? And so that's our ultimate goal is to elevate those companies that are helping the people and the places around them flourish. But as you said, Rob, the first step in that process is to eliminate companies that are are causing harm. Unfortunately, what we've found is that investors are often unaware of the companies they own, but also the impact or the harms those companies may be causing. Uh, Even if if they are aware, uh, they might not feel like they can do anything about it. So that's where our technology and repeatable processes come in, helping kind of uncover and identify uh, where there may be misalignment uh, or where there already is alignment. So when it comes to eliminating and elevating companies, uh, what we're focused on primarily is a business's products and their processes. Mm. So think about what they make and how they make it. And so our proprietary technology aggregates data from world-class providers. We have our own internal uh, analyst research team that we're really trying to do two things. Number one, we want to identify businesses out of step with our clients' values. And number two, look for investment opportunities that might deepen or further that alignment. Um, so our technology is is free to use. If anyone would like to know where their current portfolio stands, uh, we'd love to, to take a look at that and show you uh, where where that might be for you. Interesting. Could you provide some examples of that, either a product or a process to create the product that might be misaligned with a believer's values? Sure. For us, uh, that could be things uh, things that cause harm. So we think of a, a business model where the product itself is causing harm. So that could be things like abortion or pornography, gambling, tobacco, to name a few. It also could be things where maybe the way the business operates is causing harm. Uh, predatory lending, for example, where the business model yeah. is preying upon the end customer. Mm-hmm. Um, those are simply types of business, models of business that we believe uh, we would not like to align with and many of our clients would like to avoid as well. Yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, Cole, you say there's really four things necessary for a good investment. And the first is filling a need. Uh, talk about what you mean there. Sure. So when we think back to uh, really to Genesis, right? Uh, Genesis 2, God put us in the garden to work it and to keep it. And that's when business uh, kind of came into being, the idea of keeping watch over the good things that God has made and and working for their flourishment. So we want to invest in businesses that do this too. We know that we're in a broken and, and fallen world, and so there's more needs than we can count, right? Uh, but a sustainable business is meeting a need, a true need of a customer um, that can can continue to sustain. Uh, it's worth pointing out, though, that these needs don't have to be the most exciting new technology or a cure for cancer. Uh, those are great and wonderful things. Those are needs that need to be met, and we love investing there. Uh, but just thinking about business and meeting needs, I was impacted by several just ordinary businesses this morning. Just coming to work, right? I had to get in my car. Uh, someone had to make. 
Someone had to assemble. There were many, many pieces and parts that had to get made as well. I, yeah. I drove on a paved road um, to get to my office and someone had to go out and procure the raw materials. Business touches uh, our our lives in all kinds of ways. It can be as exciting as a cure for cancer or as simple as a, a well-paved road. The point here is that when we think about a good investment, that business has to be meeting and filling true needs you know, of its customers. Yeah, no doubt about that. But then in order to stay in business, it needs a sustainable profit. I know that's the second element of a good investment. What does that look like? Sure. This part's pretty straightforward. You know, right uh, without margin, there is no mission. So when we think about a good investment, we're employing a long-term view, uh, thinking about the business, the company, the, the macro environment, the business cycle, and part of understanding the fundamentals of a business, as well as where they are in their, their own corporate life cycle is, is central to building a good portfolio. So that's part of our checklist. That's step two of identifying a good investment. All right. So we've got filling a need, a sustainable profit. What would be the third element of a good investment? Well, for the the investor, the third element is a positive return. The business itself has to be profitable, right? There needs to be enough excess profit uh, or or income that that can be provided back to the investor. And so a lot of folks don't necessarily think about that, but that actually is a, a biblical principle as well. You know, mm-hmm. as stewards of God's assets, it's vital that we invest wisely. And so a common concern about values-based or faith-based investing is that it's just just language, it's just words, and we're we're masking something. You know, for us, you know, we want to make no mistake. We're not afraid to make money uh, for ourselves and for our clients. We believe that aligning God's principles and seeking world-class returns are not mutually exclusive. Uh, as believers, we need to remember that the world did not create excellence. God did. And so mm-hmm. in all that we do, including our investments, we work heartily as unto Him. And, and it's okay to have a positive profit in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that, of course, I think resonates with everyone. The fourth element, though, of a good investment perhaps is one that we'll resonate with, but maybe we didn't see it there initially. And that is, you say, for an investment to be good, it really must bless mankind. Uh, Talk about that and perhaps even share a few examples. Sure. Uh, When we think of of mankind, we also think about kind of the people and the places, you know, that, that God has built and that business touches so like I said earlier, our desire ultimately is to elevate companies you know, who are helping the people and places around them flourish. But to do that, we first have to eliminate those who aren't. There are entire industries of companies who may be meeting a need, right? That first step, it has to be filling a need. And so we mentioned abortion and pornography, gambling, tobacco, just to name a few. There's clearly customer demand. But by meeting those needs, those so-called needs, those businesses are actually causing harm. They may be preying upon their own customers. They're exploiting and and through addictive business models. So on the flip side, when we're thinking about what makes a good investment here, uh, when the need is met, it needs to bless mankind. So just to give you an example, uh, there's a company that we're invested in who uses uh, virtual reality, VR, to teach English as a second language. And what's interesting is they found that by transforming the traditional classroom, into an immersive task-based learning environment and through through virtual reality, it actually increases retention by 250% and enjoyability by 150%. Wow. Um, the, the fun of that, right? And so yeah. for this particular company, Facebook, who's now known as Meta, has actually tapped this particular company to be the provider of language learning on their platform. Wow. And so not only is the company meeting real needs in the marketplace, that's step one, right? But it's bringing blessing to its customers in a unique way. 
This yeah. company is also allowing uh, missionary training centers around the world to train up and send out missionaries into the field by helping them learn that language faster and enjoy doing so. We think God is a God of, of joy and fun. So that's why we get so excited about really the power of investing and helping faithful stewards connect in a meaningful way their deepest core values. I love it. Well, Cole, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. How can folks learn more? Sure. Uh, On our website, I would say, is the first place at investments.oneascent.com. You can read more about our team, our process, and we'd love to connect with you there. Sounds great. Cole, great to have you with us today. Thank you, Rob. That's Cole Pearson, president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent, an underwriter of this program. That website again, investments.oneascent.com. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that you can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. You probably have a strategy for your finances your career, even your retirement. But do you have a strategy for your giving? At the National Christian Foundation, we can help you create a giving strategy to inspire your family, maximize your resources, and leave a lasting legacy of faith. To learn how, visit moneywise.org ncf. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. Let's head to Nashville. Debbie, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I will be turning 68 years old next week. And I am ready to retire. But how do I make the decision on whether financially I can or not? I I have, uh, my home is completely paid for, so are the vehicles. Uh, I have $250,000 in in, um, 401k. I have another $250,000 in my checking account. And I started taking my full Social Security uh, at 66. Okay. So the last two years, I've been working full-time and drawing Social Security. Okay, very good. Uh, so you've already got your Social Security. Have you done your budget, Debbie? Do you have a good feeling for what it's going to take for you to live on a monthly basis once you retire? Have you revised that and, and looked at that? Okay. And my husband right. has retired also, and uh, between the two of us, we will have an income of uh, forty-eight hundred a month just from Social Security. 
Okay. And what do you estimate your monthly need is? Uh, between taxes and all, um, about 2000 Okay. So if you've got 4800 a month coming in from Social Security, but you really only need 2000 to live, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So you'll have quite a bit of surplus there, even without working, and that's without even touching any of the investments. So I think from a financial standpoint, um, you know, from what I'm seeing here, you're in really good shape to retire because you're going to have quite a bit of surplus every month from Social Security alone. The 250000 in the 401k can continue to grow. You've got a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. I'd probably say a year's worth of expenses is probably enough. Uh, that's 25000 so you could even put, uh, you know, another two hundred twenty-five thousand to work if you wanted to, and if if you wanted that two hundred fifty thousand plus the two hundred twenty-five thousand, which is four seventy-five, you know, to generate an income at some point. I mean, we would typically look at a withdrawal rate of four percent. That's another nineteen thousand a year, uh, or about fifteen sixteen hundred dollars a month. But uh, you don't need that, so that means that full amount can just continue to grow on a conservative basis. So. If you needed to tap into it for major medical expenses or assisted living or something down the road, you'd have that. Um, and obviously, whatever you're adding to uh, that account from surplus every month to the tune of perhaps $2,800 a month. So I think from a purely financial standpoint, Debbie, you all are in great shape. The next question is just what does God have for you in this next season of life, which is a really exciting question to be able to ask. But does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. I just kind of needed, you know, it's just a scary thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scary well, but the, exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be. And I think that's right. As believers, we approach this season wholly, I think, differently, H-O-L-L-Y, because we realize that God's calling on our life doesn't ever expire, and you have an incredible amount of wisdom and experience to bring to His service, even if that's not in the form of paid work. I think just being able to ask that question, knowing that you all have obviously ordered your finances in such a way that you've lived modestly, you've saved diligently, uh, you're experiencing the benefit of that now with your expenses covered, and so it gives you ultimate flexibility, as um, my mentor Ron Blue says, to live or die, give or go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's a great place to be. So the Holy Spirit can really just guide and direct here. So listen, all the best to you. By the way, a happy birthday a week early. And um, I think thank you all are in a, a really great position. So thanks for checking in with us today. All right. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, Bye. Debbie. Uh, to Grand Island, Nebraska. Rose, thank you for calling. Go ahead. You're welcome. Thank you for your ministry, and God bless you. I was just calling to inquire. Um, I had taken disability at age 64, and during that time, my husband said, you know, I think I should start taking my Social Security, and he's still working full-time. So my question was, is he limited as to how much he can earn and still take his Social Security? Uh, no, once he reaches uh, full retirement age, which at 67, he should be there, uh, you can earn as much as you want. 
and there is no impact on your Social Security benefits. Uh, if you took early Social Security prior to full retirement age, you'd give up uh, $1 for every $2 you earned over the limit, which is 19560 But that's only if you take it early. And so once you reach full retirement age, you don't have any reduction. And even if that reduction were to occur, uh, you get that back over time once you reach full retirement age. It's fully restored to you over a number of, of months uh, through higher checks. So he should be in good shape to earn as much as the Lord provides. Awesome. Can I ask you one more question? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. After I turned 65 and then they turned my disability payment over to Social Security, um, is that treated different? I was limited to how much I could earn each month, and I'm um, working for the church. So I wondered, uh, after age 65, am I limited to how much I can earn? Yeah, specifically related to the disability? Well, uh, see, I took it at 64, so at 65, does it not go over to Social Security? It, it does, yeah. And so there is a limit uh, while you're collecting Social Security, I mean, disability. Um, the question would be, uh, does there is there a change when you reach full retirement age? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't have an answer right off for you on that. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, take a look at that and see if we can find something. And if we do here, we'll uh, make sure to mention that. Rose, thank you for calling today. God bless you. And folks, that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, uh, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches, and web designers and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our website at moneywise.org and click the donate button to sign up? We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next installment of MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.